Hello, I'm Niall Easton, and this is Fully Involved with Unified Fire. Today we're going to be talking to some folks from training because camp is just about to start. So joining us is Sean Garrett. How you doing, Sean? Good. Niall, how are you? Good. And you brought some folks with you, some of your cadre. I did. Yeah, we Tell got, us who uh, we have. We got Chad Pate uh, to my right, and then to his right we have uh, Sir Thomas Miller. All right. So, of course, Cam is uh, producing the show. Hey, Cam. Hey, Niall. So with the camp coming, you already went through one with COVID unexpectedly last year, and we talked about that in the fall. Um, have you made some adjustments for how you're going to handle that this year? Or you, do you feel like you got your arms around it? I've heard it's the biggest camp we've done. Is that right? It is. Yeah. 36 recruits. But before we get to that, uh, our podcast today, we have a sponsor, Nile. We love sponsors. Yeah. It's brought to you today by uh, The Chad's Mustache Wax. Uh, it's a, it's a product that will make you look better, whether you have a hair on your face or not. I mean, it, it does wonders for Chad here. Not only available in November. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> all the time. That's great. All, all year long. Yeah. That's yep. the Chad's mustache wax available at uh, the, uh, Chad store, right? Well, our sponsors make the show possible. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Well, so yeah, to answer your question, um, when the last time we did the podcast was, like fall, September, September ish. Yeah. yeah. So we knew that, uh, no matter the number of recruits that we had coming in, uh, for this February that, uh, we were going to have some issues to navigate COVID issues. Uh, we do have 36 recruits. Um, nothing's changed about, um, you know, the footprint that we work with as far as our facility. I mean, it's tight spaces, lots of people. So with, uh, the cadre training staff and all the recruits out there, we're going to have, so 52 individuals out there, you know, four days a week. Uh, so all the precautions that were taken, the good thing is I think that, um, I mean, we get our, we get our second dose of the vaccine. A lot of us have already started that. A few of us had gotten there around two a day ago or the day before, uh, a bunch of us are going tomorrow. Uh, the recruits with the exception of, I think, you know, four or five of them and that's due to, um, uh, out of state, just not available to gotcha to get them done here. So they're out, they're on the map to get theirs done. So I think that there's a lot of stuff that's definitely in the rearview mirror for sure. But yeah, we're just all the precautions, face coverings, temperature checks, uh, multiple times a day. Sounds like we're going to be doing the rapid tests probably first of the week. That's what it sounds like. So yeah, it's I, I'd like to. See, I mean, there's a detailed plan for sure, but just like everything with COVID is changing you know, either by the day or by the week. So yeah, you guys, I assume are planning to stay a little flexible. hundred percent. Yeah. As far as the if, best we can. someone gets it. Yeah. Um, I, I think, you know, it's even regular camp with just the, with the, the long 16 weeks and just the, just the physical stuff that we have going on out there, strains, sprains, sometimes broken bones uh, with, with this is unprecedented. So if we do have anybody that, that does come down with COVID, uh, the biggest thing is to make sure that we get them taken care of before it spreads to anybody else for sure. Make sure that they're okay. And it's play by ear. I know that we're, we're gearing up for probably two to three weeks open in our summer for any type of remediation that, uh, we may need to do with somebody that's off for being sick with COVID. So I don't think that it's, that was one of the questions that came up in orientation is what, what happens to me if I get it? And I mean, you're not going to lose your job. I mean, it's definitely something that everybody's dealing with. So 
Yeah. We'll and we'll make accommodations the best yeah. we can. Yeah. We'll volunteer our time if we have to. Yeah. If but we if need. you've got 36 and 32 were vaccinated, that's, that's pretty good. It is. It's, it's awesome. a good number. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a good thing. We're Health, happy about it. Healthy-ish individuals. So. so I got asked this the other day, actually, by a member of the media. They were wondering, like, for our recruiting, has it been harder because people don't want to have to come in and deal with COVID patients? And I was like, actually, I, I've seen it the opposite. Like, we had more on the interest list than we've, we've ever had. And have you guys, with the recruits that you have, does that even come up? Do you, Are they just the character types that just they want to get out and help. What are you seeing in this new class? Uh, with Camp 5-3, we had an individual for sure that you could tell that there was some anxiety there. Not just, uh, there was anxiety with navigating, with being around as many people as we had in recruit camp. Mm -hmm. uh, super nervous about getting it, super nervous. And then obviously it led into the thoughts of, you know, 10 weeks from now, you're going to be in a station responding to this. And it definitely weighed on that person's mind for sure. Um, it's just one of those things that needs to be communicated and and dealt with. And it's for everybody to decide whether they want to do this or not, for sure. Uh, I haven't heard anything with the talking to all the recruits that have come out that we've spoken with for all the little uh, group orientations. They're all super excited about what they have. So that's something going we've on. started doing the last couple camps, right? Is these mm -hmm. orientations. What what takes place there and how you feel those are going? They're, they're going good. It's a good opportunity I mean, it was obviously new, like what we were talking about this yesterday with Tommy, when we hired on in 2007, it was just that one orientation that you have where everybody meets, you bring your spouse, you, you speak with HR, the fire chief, uh, the training chief, uh, the training cadre. Uh, and even at that point in time, there was a separation, like they took our spouses into another room and had someone talk to them. And they went over all like the statistics of, of being married to a shithead firefighter, you know, and, and talk about the things that you should worry about and the days at home and the things that we see. Um, scare tactics were definitely thrown our way from the training staff. It was just to scare the bejesus out of you. And it's, it's changed a lot for sure. And, and this orientation that they had this year was definitely different. It was done by via zoom. Um, so it just kind of, it's just what we're dealing with from the COVID world, but to be able to get them in individual dates anywhere from, I think we had four four recruits to around eight recruits each time. We think we did probably, I don't know, six, seven, eight different meets. They come in and they just, they speak with uh, the full-time training staff that's out there. So Captain Dinkle, myself, Robbie Anderson, Maddie, and uh, Chief Wade Watkins. Good opportunity for them to get any questions out there that they have um, before they sit in the room and, and talk about all things, you know, more of the career stuff, the benefits and listen to uh, someone talk about their retirement options and stuff like that. So it's kind of get an idea of what they're, they've gotten themselves into for yeah. sure. Uh, they ask a lot of questions about how camp's going to go, what a day is going to look like. Cause our piece for the orientation now is just a small piece at the front uh, introduction. And there is some time for them to ask questions, but they're usually so nervous that they don't ask us anything. So it's a good opportunity to get, it's more relaxed for sure. And yeah, it's been good. It's definitely positive, I think. So it starts Monday? Yeah. Okay, so what's day one like of a recruit camp? I mean, <sighs> I assume they're coming in and they're, like you said, they're pretty nervous. They're not a unit yet, you know? They haven't grouped off yet. Are you breaking it's them? It's like that first day of school jitters. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure they, they have that uh, flashback from elementary, not knowing who your classmates are, 
more, I guess elementary didn't matter, but junior high, high school where you got to try to keep cool and, and be cool. And did I get the right jeans? Did I get the right shoes? Uh, they've all got the same nervousness and the same look. So I right, speak out a little bit more, Chad, cause like you, you helped out last year and it was your first, it was your first go at being at a camp. And, and I know I felt the same way being an instructor for the camp my first time, just like those first day of school jitters for myself. And I'm still nervous now, but I, I think it's, it's not necessarily, um, nervous anymore. It's, it's my favorite season. I love recruiting. Absolutely. Season. Absolutely. That's why I'm 100%. back. But no, I, I had that same jitter. I had that, uh, and I'm sure Tommy feels that way. We chat with him a sec, but I, uh, when I came in last year, I did, I had the nervous jitters first day. Cause I didn't know how I, I wanted to be me. I wanted my reputation to follow. I wanted to be that guy that could lead and instruct. And I was nervous that, am I that guy? Am I able to do that? So it was really good for me. And I, I mean, for me, my background is I, I was acquired, not hired. And so, cause I came from Midvale. Gotcha. And so my, my recruiting process was a lot different. Go from part-time to interview with the chief pulled in, Hey, uh, next week you're full-time. And that was it. Wow. So for my experience was different. So this was last year was really my first recruit camp to go through with them and, and experience that, but in a leadership role, uh, it was, it was humbling to say the least. So, so I assume you guys have let them know like what's the physical fitness, what you're going to be expecting. Is that a lot of that first week is kind of getting them ready for used to what the demands are. It don't matter how fit you are. It's going to hurt. It's uh, it, and it's not just the first week. We, it's a, I mean, we're not dumb out there. It's a, if we just blasted them just with nothing but PT, you're going to break somebody and that doesn't, that, you don't get anything out of that. Yeah. So it's, it's, there's things that we do that are crawl, walk, run, uh, is how we describe it. And the PT sessions, it's not saying that we're just like do a minimal amount. Like it's, it's hard. It's really hard. And that's one thing that came up in those small little group meets, those orientations that we have with just pieces of the group, um, is the PT, just things that uh, they should be doing up until camp starts. And definitely, you know, don't go out training for a marathon. Don't put yourself in a position where you're going to hurt yourself because that, that that's not good. But yeah, the, the PTs, it, it can be intense for sure. I mean, these guys can attest. I mean, they, they've come out now. They've been out there for two weeks and we've hit them with some of the harder uh, PT sessions that we will throw at the recruits. And, and I'll let Tommy speak on that. <laughs> uh, for, for me, one of the hardest things that I've, I've had to understand and, and get it today. As a matter of fact, we, we did a good stretching day and I am so tight and sore. It, it is, it's absolutely scary to think I am just as nervous about the PT mm-hmm. sessions as I think the new recruits are. And I, I work out just like most of the guys and girls do at the firehouse, but I just lift heavy things. I can bench press a lot. I can squat a lot of weight, but to do, you know, one of our days we have a, um, I'll bet we probably did 60, 80 burpees on blast off and reentry. I stopped counting after uh, like 10. So it, it, (laughs) I am walking around feeling like I just got ran over by a bus and, and it's for folks that are super in shape, look like they're doing Mm -hmm. awesome. They're struggling as well. So, uh, it's a good thing. That's a matter of fact, that's one of the reasons why I, I wanted this challenge. Because when I finished recruit camp 14 years ago, it was the best shape I've ever been in. And so I want to be part of that. But then again, I'm 14 years older. So it's, it's, um, it's definitely a good thing. It, it uh, teaches you what you can do and, and to push yourself past that. Uh, 
Um, and I'm, I'm just as excited as the new recruits. My nervousness is I, I want to uh, make these guys proud and, and stand up to the tradition of our, our past instructors we had. I, I don't want to make them look bad. Um, and, and I'm proud to be a UFA firefighter. The oath means a lot to me. So I want to do a good job. But uh, it, it's, it's an intimidating position to be in. So I'm excited and scared at the same time. And physically, uh, to be honest, like we've had part-timers that get hired, right? That's, I mean, hopefully that's our avenue that we're hiring people through right. our part-time program, through our wildland program. But the recommendation I always give them is full functional fitness. It's uh, the, we have runners come in and they do well when we run, but that's it. And we have bodybuilders that come in and they do well when we lift heavy things, but not for very long. But if you have a full body functional fitness um, circuit type workouts, those type of things, and can go for 30 minutes. Uh, those are the ones that tend to do well. Yeah. So that's my recommendation to all that's our part-timers when they ask, they always ask, what can I do to get ready? Do I need to be, do I need to have a hundred pushups? Do I need, well, yeah, you know what? hundred pushups a day. That's great. But then you also got to do a full body and it's, it's full body every day type, type exercise. Because in reality we go from, uh, let's be honest, sitting at times, Sleeping, right? Right. Sleeping <laughs> to 100% for 30 minutes, if not more. And that full body functional fitness, if you're, if you're all arms, uh, you're going to be done and you're smoked and your backs and let your back and legs are going to kill you. If you're all legs, you can't pull ceiling because your arms are weak. Anyway, it's, it's full body functional you fitness. You need it all. Yeah. yeah. And it, I, you got to give credit to Captain Dinkle and Robbie Anderson. Those, those guys are the masterminds behind a lot Absolutely. of the PT stuff that we got going on out there. And, and, you know, it's, it's hard enough to keep up with them, but, it, and, and if you try to, you're not like yesterday, I was trying to chase Robbie and I thought I was going to die and I wasn't even close, not even close. I believe the words were, I'm going to vomit. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it, it's Most good. And, and the thing is, I think there's a misunderstanding too. Like there's, it takes a village, right? It's all sorts of different people. And there's 36 individuals that are coming in and there's going to be somebody that can do, you know, a hundred pushups before they have to stop. There's going to be somebody that literally can't, and I have seen it somebody that can't do a pushup and and that's okay. That's okay. You're here and this is what we're doing. So when we go out there and, and Dustin writes, Captain Dinkle writes the workout on, on the whiteboard and you look at it and you're like, Oh my God, we're going to do what it, it's more. It, it, there's the can and can't. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. But I, I throw those words away. It's either you will or you won't. And we're there to show you how, and there are some, really fit and really smart people. And it's sometimes people need to understand that if there's, if it says 10 reps, like we don't want you to get to five and then the last five be a horrible, what's the word I'm looking for? Form, horrible yeah. form. And then you hurt, hurt yourself. yourself. Yeah. But then if I, if I get five really good ones and you're supposed to do 10 tomorrow, I want six really good ones. And, and that's a, that's a huge understanding. We do not care who the fastest is. We don't care who the strongest is. And that's another thing that they start to see through the PT sessions is it's more of building a group to a certain level. And there's a lot of really weird, unorthodox movements that we do. And, you know, there's going to be people that in the back there, you can see it. They're just like, what in the hell are we doing this for? <laughs> yep. And then when we go outside a week later and the soreness goes away from whatever movement it is. Um, and then we start lifting ladders and then they start to realize like, that's why we're doing it. Oh yeah. Okay. This makes sense now. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, it's, it's hard, but yes. Yeah. 
it's, it, well, it so ends up being good. That's like one of the takeaways at the end of the camp is they're going to be in great shape. Sure. But what are those core competencies you guys are looking to imbue inside of them that just stick for that whole career? What are the things that you want them at the end by graduation in May? They've, they've got it down. Passion, pride, yeah. commitment. And we, we always talk to them in the beginning, too, that we're going to make you uh, faster and we're going to make you smarter and we're going to make you uh, stronger. And if they can be fast, smart and strong then go a long way, but they got to continue that once they're done. And so between the and then obviously into passion and those type of things for the job, that's where we're trying to instill. I mean, we were talking about numbers the other day and in the last three camps, uh, we've hired a platoon worth of people, the ability to have an influence on a platoon worth of people. Is, yeah, it's, is game, it's a game changer yeah. if they can keep it that, but we've got to, we've got to instill in those crews that we've got in the field too to, to keep that, that excitement for them. Uh, Cause unfortunately that doesn't happen right. all the time. Uh, I feel like we're, we're in a good place. We're getting better. We got a lot of work to do, but if we, we can ch- change a platoon at a time, as far as that many numbers, uh, it's huge. So they'll come in group of 36. Yeah. Do you, are we splitting that in half? for two different groups to kind of go through together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the first week they'll be all together. Okay. So it's obviously uh, some more administrative stuff that we, that we deal with. It's more of like an, it's still kind of an orientation to uh, all the things that are going to happen, uh, making sure that their gear fits, getting in and out of it a few times, getting it set up the way they need to uh, start going through the SCBA stuff. A lot of these first time they've ever seen it. Uh, they, we have, you know, Cal comes out, talks about, he has a presentation for HR. We have, uh, Captain Greensights come out and he gives a presentation on, you know, safety, health and wellness. There's a lot of, uh, more housekeeping stuff that we take care of gotcha. in the first week. And it's super important knowing that we are splitting them. We want them to be together so that we, when we do split them, they want to come back together. Yeah. So keeping them split, if we split them at first, when they come together, they'll look at themselves like it's two different groups. So that's something that we changed last year with how how we arranged the calendar. And we're also uh, not split as long as we uh, had when when we did this concurrent camp the very first time, Camp 5-2, we, we were split too long. And that's it, you definitely got the feeling they got along and they worked as a team, but it still felt like two teams. Yeah. And, we, and that was something that we just didn't want. So the first week we'll, we will be all together. And then, um, the, the next week. So it's kind of a, one group only gets a couple of days off. One group gets a lot of days off and, you know, Rob, uh, Robbie Anderson will start his, his group and it's split right down the middle and he'll start and he'll have uh, Friday and Saturday off. And then they'll start on Sunday and go from Sunday through Wednesday. Um, and then my group that I'll be running will start on that Wednesday for the split and we'll go from Wednesday through Saturday. And that'll be five weeks of split. And then we'll be all together for the remainder of camp. So I assume, I mean, you got 36 individuals coming in. They probably have interacted a little bit at these different orientations, Sure, but I mean, how long does it take for you, for you guys? I mean, I, right now you guys are going to be providing like the support for them. You're instructing them. You're, you're the tough love. How long before they start doing that themselves? Like you see them policing each other and, and really supporting each other as groups. You know, it's different every time. It's, it's kind of like what we say every time we, we do a burn or we do a flashover event, like every time we do it, even though we're setting it up the same, it's always different. Mm. 
uh, and, and with the fire stuff, you know, whether it's temperature, wind or whatever, but these it's 36 different individuals. So, uh, this, I can say that the last group, uh, that happened like day two, day three. And that's why it's important to keep them together. And it's some of the stronger personalities that we had that had military background that kind of saw some things that were going on and just kind of took the bull by the horns and or, or life doing, experience, or life itself. experience. Yeah. So it really just depends. And that's something that us as a training staff knows needs to be organic. Like obviously we, those are expectations that we lay out up front. Um, but there's the, we can't force that. We can't, if, if they need us to, yeah, we will. Um, but those are things that need to happen organically. And then it allows us to, from, from a bird's eye view, to be able to see certain things and characteristics about people that we can start, you know, forming the leadership of and, the, and knowing the about trends. Yeah. And if, if you're not familiar with this, um, throughout camp, you will build a lifelong relationship that, that nobody would understand unless they actually went through it. Um, I've got, you know, uh, Robbie Marriott went through camp together. There's some folks I went through camp together that know more about me than my spouse. There's, there's just some things that you do, some experiences you have that only those people around you will understand. And it is literally a lifelong commitment and a relationship that is, is amazing. We, we, we talked about the brotherhood, but I definitely think you're closer with those that you went through camp with, or you had a, you know, quite a few years in the station together. And those ties, I assume stay your whole career. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Depending on the group. Yeah. Depending on the group and the people and the interactions they have. Well, well, there's people in my group that, you know, during it and everything else, we butted heads like nobody's business, but I love them and I'll love them for the rest of my life. They're a huge part of what I've been through and something that meant a lot to me. And yeah, it, it's, it's, it, it, it's different for everybody. That's how I view it. Same, just, just to piggyback on what, what Tommy's saying, you know, like Mike Swenson is a guy that was in part of my group and yeah, it, he's, He's awesome. And it's, you definitely have a certain bond with these people that it's even guys that you guys and gals you work with in the stations, you, you have that bond, but nothing can ever take that away from, we went to recruit school together. Like it, it's, it means something for sure. Yeah. And it just personality wise too, that story that sticks out in my head from last camp was, it was, uh, it was probably day two and, uh, we're getting ready to leave. We dismissed and everything. And they, They'd taken off or they, we thought they'd left. So we did our little round table at the evening in the evening and we're getting ready to leave and we go out and all the cars are still there. And, uh, they're in the, the kennel inside their, their building that they use for all their personal stuff. And we open the door and they're all in a big group meeting and we're like, Hey, you guys need to go home. What are you doing? And one of the guys in the group just says, we're just hammering some stuff out, sir. Give us a second. <laughs> and they were, they're taking care of business. Some of the, some of the, uh, the ones that saw that there was issues that need to be dealt with. Uh, they were self-policing at day two. So, yeah, but that's, that's, I'd imagine group. as instructors, that's actually a pretty good thing to see when they're d- dealing with it. It can yeah. be, it can be, uh, you just have to make sure you're ho- you're hoping it's done right. Yeah. Right. Cause it can deter as well. But, uh, it was, it was impressive to me that day two, they'd be already to that point, but there was some, there was some experience in that camp that, uh, yeah, went a long way. Well, so I don't want to get too heavy with you guys, but just talk about the fact. I mean, I find it interesting. You guys and the other instructors, you really have a responsibility of shaping the future of UFA because you guys are yeah. setting the bar for what what the culture is for UFA for these 36. Yeah. Talk about that a little bit and how you deal with that and what, what it means to you. Um, I take it very seriously. Um 
I, I've I've been known to be a little bit intense at times, passionate, passionate. for sure, definitely um, passionate. It is something that definitely is on, <laughs> sure all the things. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it's a it is heavy and it weighs on my shoulders. Even even the anticipation of the next camp, it's something that's always. It's always on my mind, and, yeah. and during camps specifically, now that I have more of a more of a leadership role and more responsibility, like it's something that I'll think about it enough to where it's keeping me up at nights, and it's a huge, huge, huge deal to me. And it, it and it may sound like cheesy or corny, but like these these guys and the instructors that are out there as part of the training staff, like I, how I view them is like the ten percenters. You're talking about people that aren't just good at the trade, but just overall as a human being, um, it's, it's just people that are involved with so much more than just what it is that's expected of us. They just take it five extra steps in the right direction. And these recruits, when we're done, we're sending them out to the field to work with these individuals. And what we do is dangerous. I mean, one of the most dangerous things we do is drive to the call. Um, and then all the other things that we're involved with, with assignments and tasks and whether it's medicals or the high risk, low frequency fires, like we need these people to, we need them to perform because it doesn't just put them at risk. It puts Chad at risk or Tommy at risk. If they do something, if they make a huge mistake and it's okay to make mistakes and that's what we want them to do on the training grounds. And I wish Robbie was here. Is it him and another specialist out there, Josh Bailey? They said something a couple of years ago that just resonated with me. It's okay to make a mistake, but you make that same one again. It's a choice. It's no longer a mistake. Mm. And those are the things that we need to get out of the way out of the drill grounds. So it's high speed, high intensity, a lot of passion from these guys. And, and that's something that we try to hammer home with these recruits is they have to take it serious. They have to, because it, the, the cheesy part is, is when somebody calls for us, something is in failure and we are their second chance or their last chance. And they deserve the best from us. If we don't, we don't give them that. What do you say to them? I'm sorry. That's not good enough. It's not. And I know that sounds super corny and cheesy, but that's the way it's a, it's a heavy weight on my shoulders and it's a huge responsibility. hundred percent. And I, I believe like the, the, my supervisor, Captain Dinkle, just through his guidance and leadership, that is the program that he has built hundred percent. And it, it is a fire camp. And a lot of the stuff that we get back from the field, you know, these, these guys are green and brand new, brand new EMTs, brand new paramedics. They're not going to be doing the assessments as best as you want them to be doing them. But my first reaction is duh. Yeah. Like, they're yeah, new. That's what they are. They're new. Right. But the it, fire skills, the stuff that we know is if you do it wrong, it could kill you. Uh, if if we don't feel good with that at the end of camp, we don't put them in the field. Right. I have full confidence when we're done with camp. Uh, I Like I said, last time was my first time. Uh, I learned a ton. I, I learned more than they did. I feel like I, I was humbled uh, multiple times. But getting out in the field and seeing these recruits go out there, there's uh, I'd be lying if there wasn't that proud dad moment. Seeing them on fire is our first fire I remember. Um, multiple recruits were on the fire with us doing awesome things. The thing I worry about, and this, you know, may rub people wrong out in the field if they're listening, but like we send them to some crews and you got like, you can make or break these recruits. They're coming out to you ready. They are. They're ready to start to learn. 
I, I relate it to paramedic school. I got my paramedic. Now I'm certified. Now I can learn to be a paramedic. I learned all the background information, mm-hmm. but it takes years and years. I'm still learning every shift how to be a good paramedic. Firefighters are the same. EMTs are the same. We've got to send them out. We're sending them out with all the skills they need to get started. Those crews, it is on them. Absolutely. 100%. And we're at a place now we can't pick and choose crews. Uh, we got 36 recruits coming out. It's pretty much every station. You're going to be affected by a new recruit. So you got to make that choice when you get to work that day. What influence am I going to be? Am I yeah. going to be the guy that sits on the recliner and makes him come ask me multiple times to help him or, or her? Or am I the guy that's going to first of the day go back to the senior man comment that we talked before the podcast, but uh, getting with them and say, hey, what do you need to work on? Let's do it. Because not only are are they learning from you? They're sucking everything in that you're saying. They, they respect every word because you're a firefighter and they're just coming in. But you can easily break it yeah. that that fast. It's so easy. And to make that, to fix that is not our job. To 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 get them ready for the field, that's our job. Yeah. That makes sense. But it's, and my wife knows, you know, what what is at stake here when come February 1st, you know, my focus shifts. It, and it's like a light switch for sure. And it, it's game on. And uh, I hope, and, and everybody listening to this podcast, specifically our full-time employees, I, I can't say enough about the training staff that's out there. And we really do put everything on the line and a lot of things on hold while we're doing this. And there's a lot that goes into this. Um, when it's done, it, the funny thing for me is when we get, and what needs to change is the, it just as Chad's a hundred percent, right. They're ready to, they're ready and and just chomping at the bit to go out in the field and do good things, but they're still green, still brand new. So when you get those phone calls from people out there saying, this guy sucks. Okay. Why? Well, this, this, I'm like, what are you doing about it? Well, I told him he sucks. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, not helpful. It, it needs to continue. And, and we were kind of talking about it before the podcast start, but like the senior firefighter in the station, the non-officer and you know, the officer has multiple responsibilities. One of which is to mentor and coach and teach and lead. Uh, but those senior firefighters are at those stations. It, it, it is your responsibility to continue what it is that we, that they have left in fire training. And that includes medical as well. We still, and that was something that came up a whole bunch because we had a lot of brand new EMTs. So this, this, uh, this recruit camp isn't just fire. There's a lot of medical training and it's the stuff that they need to know right away, brand new day one, like how to set up a stair chair, how to get the gurney out, how to work the monitors, how it's all the stuff that if they're asked, they can get it done. And there's plenty of that that's been put into the days and the calendars for recruit camp. So that's something that we definitely changed uh, for this time from last time. Yeah. And just honestly, think back, uh, especially those listening right now, think back when you first started, where were you? Like, what skills did you have? Probably not a whole lot. And you sucked in everything that that senior guy or captain was saying. We need to, as as a senior firefighter, as a mentor on the crew, as a captain on the in the station, be humble. Like, remember where you started. Don't expect miracles right out the gate. Like that that is on you guys to help them out. It is on you guys to help them progress their career in a positive way, and influence the change that we're trying to make uh, tactically. Uh, personnel wise, uh, personality wise, interaction with the public, those type of things, uh, change for the good. And that you've got to ask yourself that question every morning. Absolutely. Cause if you don't, 
uh, you're cheating yourself. There's, there's something that sticks out to me. It says that there's two types of people in the world. Those that are humble and those that are about to be. And really ask yourself that question in the morning. Do I want to be humble today or should I approach this humbly and uh, take this person for who they are and let's build them? That's it. Yeah. I think it's funny listening to you guys talk. Reminds me of one of my experiences being brand new. First fire we ever went to, I got everything on, air pack, everything ready to go over top of my seatbelt. We pulled up. I tried to get out of the fire engine and I was stuck. That's happened to everyone. It was right. not happening. And once I got that debacled undone, I was wearing my headset. That was stuck in my my uh, SCBA. So it's it's those experiences oh that we goodness. need to remember. That come on, it's okay. It's going to happen. You're going to get excited. These things are yeah. going to happen. But I, I think hopefully that's what I can bring to this is, guys, I've made a lot of mistakes and I'll continue to make a lot of them. And I hope they can see that's okay. If it's not the same mistake over and over again, but, uh, I, I feel really, really honored to be part of this because it is so important. It is something that, that means a lot to a lot of us. And, and if, if I can be part of that and build the next, um, generation of firefighters for unified fire, it, it's, it's such a, an honor that we take pride in doing the best we can. And hopefully the, the new folks coming out can shine yeah, and teach some of the, the senior guys. Hey, this is what I learned. This is the latest and greatest. And, and hopefully that can be received well and not just, well, that's, uh, this is how I was taught. This is how we're doing it. This, this, this career we've picked, you, you need to be a perennial student the rest of your life. You can't be set in one way because things change so fast and selfishly. That's another reason I'm here is there's stuff that, that Sean Garrett here talks about that I, I, I don't even want to ask a question because I feel so silly asking it. That I'm just going to sit back and oh. hopefully it'll be absorbed. How do we turn his mic off? <laughs> right. That's not true at but, all. But that, that's that's a, a, a humble attitude that I like to see because there is so much in this that it's so important. We, we honestly got the best job ever. And I, I, I hate to say that to other folks, maybe rubbing it in, but it's so awesome. We get to do it. We get to do this job. We just need to remember that. I right. think as an organization, as, as folks in the station – it's, it's an honor to be doing what we're doing. It's, it's great. It's pretty cool. And, and Sean brought up earlier the 10%. I don't feel like I'm the 10%. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm a student of the trade. I want to learn. I want to do the best I can, right? But in all reality, if we want to throw numbers at it, why, why can't we make that 20%? Why can't we make it 30%? The 30 percenters, that's what I'd love to. By the end of my career, to have people say, these guys in here, they're the 30 percenters. They're the 30% that's doing it because then that number's gone up. Yeah. Which is, which is that's success. Uh, obviously we're not going to make it a hundred percenters. We just know that that's not going to happen. Um, uh, it'd be awesome, but, uh, I'm not dumb, maybe, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but no, if, you know, by the end of my career, if we have a podcast, you know, 10, 15 years from now and Sean comes in, uh, or gimps in whatever he's going to do, yeah, it'll be a zoom in. meeting, right? Zoom yeah. meeting for Sean from the <laughs> rehab center. But, uh, <laughs> but if he's able to come in and say, these guys we have in training right now, those are the 20 percenters then you know what? We've done something right. Absolutely. Well, guys, just speaking for myself, I really appreciate what you guys do and everybody out at training. It's it's amazing to interact with the, I've been here three years, so only three, but just some of the recruits that have come through already and uh, man, they're top notch. And so really looking forward to hearing from you guys and how this camp goes. We hope you, we hope you come out and get some feedback and, uh, you know, do a little bit. We didn't get to get into it much last year. Uh, I don't think we need a, uh you know, an Anderson Cooper embedded with us, but we do need, uh, some, some public, 
uh, knowledge as to what's going on out there. Absolutely. I know I, my family would always hit me up. They're always excited to see what was going on. Uh, that's huge. I think it's huge for recruitment. It's yep. huge for our families. It's huge for uh, the guys that work in our stations for them to build that relationship with their families through even video or whatever that, Hey, I understand a little bit more about this guy, yeah. my neighbor, my, you know, my Bishop, my, whatever it is, we're in Utah, obviously. So, uh, whatever it is, uh, those guys understand a little bit more about us through that stuff. So that was super powerful. Like I said, I, I don't need, we don't need embedded, but we do need some, some coverage Absolutely. because I think what an, what an opportunity. Have you even, have you brought new firefighters in here to talk? Not yet. It'd be good. It'd be good to get their their view of the first year. Yeah, I think uh, it would, would give it would give veteran guys uh, a good uh, uh, an ears eye view of uh, what their years like. Right? You know, that's something we can work out towards the end. You know, if while they're still in there, and and then if you talk to them, and then even like a year after that, followed up once they're in the field. Yeah. I, think, I think that'd be good. Powerful as well. We'll do it for it's, sure. Uh, yeah. When will this come out? This podcast. We'll be pushing this one out next week, right during the yeah. middle of your. Uh, so they'll be already week. started. They'll yeah, be already yeah. ice. Uh, there'll be there'll be uh, many ibuprofen uh, invested. Yeah. So if day and, one, we're gonna just assess everybody this year. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if they listen to this or not. They should. <laughs> they should. Um, but still, you can listen to it, and then you can start camp and compare the two. It's, yep. It's gonna. It's different every time. Well, thanks you guys for coming in. Really appreciate thanks it. Thanks for having us. And I'd be remiss if I didn't again thank our sponsor, Chad's Mustache Wax, for yes. that the Chad mustache. Chad's Mustache the, Wax. The Chad Mustache Wax. I think it comes with a comb. Uh, yes, it, it actually does. It does. Yeah. It does? You yeah. have it. Oh, he's, he's yeah. brought it. Oh man, it comes with a comb, uh, fine wood, keeps so, it keep it straight. Keep sure. It, yeah, keep it in form. Um, but yeah, like I said, not only available in November. All right. We appreciate it, guys. Thanks for coming in. For Cam DeVogue, I'm Niall Easton, and this has been Fully Involved. Until next time. From the Salt Lake Valley, this has been Fully Involved. Follow Unified Fire on social media and be sure to subscribe to this podcast. Until next time, stay safe and thank you for listening.